there. This is the Seattle Hockey Mom Podcast, and I'm Holly. I'm coming to you live from Seattle. I'm doing this because I love creative projects and trying out new media platforms. I'm talking on this podcast, sharing my love of hockey, and hoping to connect with other sports fans who want to improve their hockey IQs. So around the NHL this week, it's the worst week of the year, in my opinion, because it is the end of November, which means the end of Movember, which really, I don't like at all. It, these nasty beards and mustaches, I mean, the odd one looks really good, but a lot of it is just really, really icky. I don't like anyways, but no, to be, to be fair, hockey fights cancer, um, yeah, raising money for cancer, that's, that's, I stand behind that. Um, in case you didn't know, the guys grow out their mustaches in, in November. It's called Movember uh, every year. And, uh, and Vegas also has some nice lilac jerseys that they're wearing for um, bringing attention to cancer this, uh, this month. So um, check those out. They're pretty, pretty cute. Anyways, I thought it would be nice to talk a little bit more about um, hockey as show business. I think sometimes it's lost that this is entertainment. People get caught up in the stats and take it pretty serious sometimes. But when it comes down to it, it's, I mean, for most of us, we're tuning in, you know, as a source of entertainment. Um, In I think 10 days now, um, the NHL, um, what is it called? Like Board of Governors or something is meeting um to uh, make some decisions about an NHL team coming to Seattle so there's excitement about that right now and so um you know they're thinking i imagine about the potential of Seattle as a place where money can be raised by the the commercial success of hockey as entertainment and how much interest there is in that. So um, there's all sorts of issues that are interesting, in my opinion, on that front. For example, I've heard a debate this year about um, the fact that players will get a larger penalty if they hit one of the superstars. Um, So there's the marquee players, Barzell, who we love, of course, is one of them. And, um, you know, your regular uh, superstar players such as Austin Matthews and uh, Connor McDavid, Johnny Gaudreau, um, I mean, everyone, Patrick Kane. Um, There's players that are protected in the sense that the referees will blatantly give greater penalties um, to opposing players who would um, hit them badly. And also, um, and and that's considered to be sort of status quo. People accept that. And there's some debate about, I guess, whether that's fair or not. But from the perspective of the the league, it it makes some sense that if they're um, big name players, the ones that the fans want to see the most are out injured for a while, 
then, um, you know, the, the, the show has lost one of its stars. And so if you think of hockey as a show, you can understand that there is an incentive for the officials to hand out bigger penalties for potentially injuring the superstar. So I don't know what you think about that, um, which ties into also just into the conversation of brutality and hitting, um, it ties into the conversation about, um, you know, for my opinion, I'm interested in sort of the looks and, you know, I think I, I mean, I watch hockey in part, like I told you, it's always been to me just like that image of masculinity, like that, that, you know, these men, they're sort of, you know, they're, they're obviously masculine sort of icons and, attractive to look at and they're heroes for some young boys and girls and and I think it's interesting because when I'm watching the women's hockey now the professional women's hockey you definitely don't want to objectify any female player we're definitely not wanting to do that on the same token you know you can't help noticing how lovely some of these young athletes are like for example I love Lexi Bender she's a very beautiful young woman um and local girl and um but you know I would never want to promote you know following her Instagram or something based on her beauty cuz she's also a serious badass hockey player and I think that's what you want to emphasize but we want the NWHL show to grow and I think that it would be fun from an entertainment fan basis to get those close-up shots, you know, either during the anthem or um, interviews and whatnot, where we can see those facial expressions and see the young beauty and vitality of these players and sort of be able to connect to them on a sort of emotional superstar level. Oh, speaking of that, um, on Coach's Corner tonight, Don Cherry uh, flashed the camera. Justin Bieber was there with his wife are they married um watching the um I believe he was at the Canadians Boston game or hmm or was he at Toronto I don't know maybe probably Toronto whatever anyways so he was um as soon as the camera went to him he started like smooching his girlfriend or whatever she has wife and uh, anyways it was funny he kept going and going kind of took it to a serious level and Don Cherry's comment was get a room Anyways, that was cute little um, sighting. Anyways, um, yeah, so it's show business. But it's interesting because when we're training, bringing up our young athletes, you know, um, they're focused on excelling at the skills, I think. And, um, you know, very different, I think, from kids who are training maybe to be actors. I don't think the kids are thinking so much about the fact that, um, ultimately at the highest level of the game, these athletes are not just excellent at the physical skills, but they're also in the business of providing entertainment. So therefore, you know, there are rules to play by, um, yeah, and I was saying it's tied into the concussions. I also heard last week on Coach's Corner, um, Don Cherry, um, I think he made like a, I don't know, a nat- negative remark about a family of a player in the CHL who was suing because the player got a concussion. Now, I don't know the details. I don't know how the concussion happened. 
Um, anyways, Don Cherry was kind of actually he it was it was pretty harsh. He was scolding the family that they shouldn't sue, that they should know exactly what they're getting into in the CHL, that it's rough and and that that's part of the game. I believe that was what his message was. And and you know I don't know the details, but um, I'd like to know more about how the player got hurt because I think anyways I think it's an interesting court case and it's a worthwhile debate to have because um definitely this is not the first time um well the nhl or another league has been criticized for not protecting players uh, mental health and brain injuries enough and doing enough uh, to protect them anyways so um lots of debates in the world of professional hockey um what else um buffalo sabers are at the top of their game this week i believe they're in an eight game winning streak um carry price having a few bad games um seems to be off the back a little bit still loving brendan gallagher i got lots of montreal updates for you guys all the time this is by no means a good survey of what's going on in the nhl comments i hope you just enjoy a few little tidbits um from my point of view and um I'm waiting to hear more from all of you. Anyways, Saturday night, Hockey Night in Canada. If you didn't know that, Saturday is Hockey Night in Canada. And also, I will be looking toward um, my Twitter account to see what's happening in women's hockey. All right, let's see what else is going on in the hockey world. Oh, I thought I'd do a little spot of name dropping since I was inspired watching the Montreal-Boston game tonight. Oh, Boston's ahead, by the way. It's 2-0. Ew. I just can't get into Boston Bruins, even though my daughter's in Boston now. I'm sorry. I just... Ugh, just... Ugh. ugh. Anyways, um, at the opening of the game tonight, the Canadians... It's a home game for Montreal, and they did a little... Um, honoring and ceremonial puck drop for Jose Theodore and I think his name is Patrice Brisbois. Anyways, um, I was able to meet Jose Theodore. Um, let's see what year would that have been when he was playing. Um, oh gosh, let's see, 2003 maybe. Anyways, the, the piece they were doing was for the first, um, open air, um, hockey game that they brought to the NHL anyways but when I met Jose Theodore it was that um I met him because I was helping my friend um Heidi Hollinger who's a photographer in Montreal and she's also um a TV host she um is the host of a um long-running program called Port Attache um filmed out of Montreal anyways she was my closest friend when I was in Montreal and she was hired to photograph Jose Theodore and so I was able to meet him he was a quiet guy very young um handsome guy um not very big um he a goaltender of course and he um it's weird to see him honored like as sort of like a retired player now because he's so young it's just it's just kind of weird anyways I just feel old in general to um these um to these NHL players when I see them now gosh um anyways and then also through Heidi I was able to 
have dinner and drinks with Serge Savard. So that was very cool, too. Um, just kind of like him, just kind of like quiet and macho and whatever, um, you know, old school Montreal hockey player. But it was an honor. Nonetheless, I've had some uh, luck uh, meeting and mingling with um, some pro hockey players, which I always enjoy to do. And I will bring you those stories as I remember them. Okay, here's another hockey topic of interest. Let's talk about the CSSHL, the Canadian Sports School Hockey League. Um, this is something I've been doing my homework a little bit because, of course, I've told you before, I have a 12-year-old hockey player and um, who is passionate. He is obsessed with hockey. Um, recently, I've been trying to teach him some American history through listening to recordings of the Hamilton musical, and his cousins also introduced him to it. Anyway, so he's getting obsessed with these Hamilton songs, but he's it's really cute. He's like, um, he also plays like, well, he's played thousands of hours of knee hockey in our living room over his lifetime. And so now he's this week, he's like stick handling to the beat of these little Hamilton rap songs and stuff. It's very cool. Anyways, he's obsessed is my point. And so like any dedicated parent would, I'm doing my homework to find out how we can make hockey the very most positive experience for him. And it's like, I want it to be joyful. You know, he's, um, He's a lucky kid. He's got a couple dedicated parents who are, um, well, we're, um, we believe that sports should be fun for kids and we want them to have a good experience. We want them to have positive coaches who are good mentors and we want them to learn to be a good teammate and to help his team and to think like a teammate. And so we're looking for, you know, the best possible environments to be in and um also for us hockey's always been something that that we use to stay close to family up in Canada and travel up there anyway so i've been doing my homework about the some of these academies that are going on up in Canada because our kids also um we we try and also teach them to put academics very high up on the list we say first but it doesn't always work out like that but we keep it high up on the list so it seems the natural um progression might be to one of these hockey academies which have been becoming more and more um developed up in canada so let me tell you what i've been discovering um let's see this started coming on my radar about i want to say four years ago or something well here's how it came on my radar I told you before that growing up, my brother used to go to Okanagan Hockey School. He used to go to the camp in Penticton, BC in the summers. And so that's already been there for 50 years, Okanagan Hockey School. Anyways, so, oh, what, I don't know, six years ago, we started taking our son to Okanagan Hockey School in the summer. And then I guess it was around then we uh, discovered they had this Okanagan Hockey Academy, which was not just the summer camps it was actually the academy it was tied into the high school it's the high school where i graduated penn high penticton secondary school and they have oha the okanagan hockey academy and basically the concept is you pay a lot of money like a big tuition um maybe it's not thirty thousand canadian but it's up there around there and you have an integrated study and hockey training and competing um like schedule that involves um 
you know, adapted classes that you can go to the rink as a group, like with transportation, with billeting, you know, with academic advisors and tutors that help you get through. And um, basically, it sounds like the best of both worlds for the kids, like they can, you know, have their hockey tailored to their school and their school tailored to their hockey. Um, interestingly, in that case, I always thought to myself, well, I went to that high school, it was always a really, really good high school. I mean, we were, we were one of the top high schools in the province for test scores and whatnot. Um, back in the day when I was there, the hockey, it was before the academy and the hockey players were forgiven a lot of their schoolwork. Like the teachers would look the other way and be like, yeah, 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 here's the, in the office we had a sign out sheet for the hockey players where they were, you know, they were free to kind of come and go and sign out in the office. I remember when Paul Korea went to, um, name dropping, Paul Korea was in my grade. He, um, the teachers used to sometimes make posters when Miss Boyd, I remember Karen Boyd, sorry, um, she made a poster, my French teacher, and she, for like a big, like fan poster that she got him to sign. And that was before I really, it was on my radar that he was that good. But anyways, um, hockey players were given a lot of freedom in their studies. So when I learned that they became an academy, it was interesting because I knew that it's still a public school in the sense that kids that weren't academy hockey academy kids weren't were going there for free and so that introduces an interesting dichotomy between the paying students and the un, and the not paying students anyways but you know okay I, I started at the camps we've taken our son every year I'm actually an ambassador for Okanagan Hockey Academy and I've gotten dozens of people from Washington and Oregon to attend their camps in the summer just by spreading it by enthusiasm. But anyways, um, so I started to really get serious about thinking about that for my son. Of course, it's the school I went to. My brother played there, played hockey there, and I like how they train kids. I wasn't sure if the academics were there, but I started, that's when I started learning and watching it. And so after the Okanagan hockey, for a few years, I only really knew about and considered them. And then let's see, a couple of the others started becoming on my radar in the last few years, like the edge school in Calgary. Um, and then let's see, in the last couple of years, I became aware of, um, Delta in a Delta Hockey Academy, um, Yale Hockey Academy in Abbotsford, um, West Van has started one. Anyways, and then, so now I've been researching them pretty steadily about what the options are. And um, it's funny to hear my parents and brother talk about it because they, my mom, my mom's word is hoity-toity. So she says the West Van kids were hoity-toity. She didn't, she, I don't know, they, my, my nephew's team faced them last week and there was some hoity-toity business going on I don't know that they were thinking they were so much better or something like that and she made some remark like oh they're all paying for it and everything and I'm kind of thinking to myself what's she gonna say if we want to go do that I don't know anyways um so and then and then I was having lunch with um, my some of the teammates of my brother's team from Vancouver minor hockey association and the parents were saying that they're not Bantams, their midgets lost their six best players to St. George's. Now I had my eye on St. George's too. Them being a preparatory school, a college preparatory school and a boarding school, all boys that had hockey as part of their regular varsity program and just recently um, signed up to the Canadian Sports School Hockey League, um, their Bantam, two Bantam teams and Elite 15 team. 
Um, and then their plans is to develop to have also the midget teams. Um, so in the last couple of years, they weren't as good. And now this year, it appears they're doing very, very good. Um, so that's an interesting option with a boarding school. Again, you're paying the big bucks. And, you know, so these parents were saying that the families that went over there, you know, robbing their local organization of their six best players, the families were, you know, beg boring and stealing and in some cases mortgaging their houses. I mean, that's an exaggeration, but really doing everything they could to get these educations for their kids and these hockey teams for their kids. Um, I don't know where we're going with this. So anyways, and now the other academies that have cropped up, there's there's one in the States up in Coeur that's near Spokane, and we did a spring hockey team there because I wanted to check it out. Um, they're kind of newbies. Um, let's see, Britannia Hockey Academy is in East Vancouver, and they're also newbies. And, you know, I don't know um, that they've really gotten their footing yet, but um, great location, Britannia Rink. I like that location a lot. Um, who else? Of course, there's the old um, the old guard, like Burnaby Winter Club and North Shore Winter Club. People have been paying forever to be part of those private clubs and on, like, the most competitive hockey teams. Burnaby Winter Club gosh we are we play their a3 team they've got their they've got two teams a1 and a2 in the first tier of peewee a1 so that is a very strong club of course everyone knows that was matthew barzell's club as a minor hockey player in fact he was in he was already like starting center i watched a whole game of his footage from his first year bantam he was already starting center he grew really early it's funny because i don't think of him as a big guy now but back then he was um very large and he moved like he was like one of these guys that matures fast and probably gave him a lot of physical presence on the ice a lot of confidence so you could already see that he was in bantam first year bantam he was already a dominant player and uh you know other people caught up to him funny shea was a pretty um he looks from his childhood pictures like he was a pretty slender young guy but um he grew and now he's taller than barzell um, but I, I wonder if guys, well, you know, these boys, it's so critical in some ways for them, how they feel in the middle school years when they're growing, who grows fast and who grows late. And I think it impacts upon their, their sense of themselves on the ice. And I wonder if that changes when they catch up later on. Anyways, CSSHL, um, I wonder where this is going. It doesn't seem particularly democratic on the one hand, if it's excluding players that can't afford the academies. On the other hand, I love, love, love that it's allowing school to be part of the conversation. Um, in previously, players that wanted to excel in hockey, you know, there might have been a sort of encouragement to um, if you go towards, you know, in, already in Bantams, there's the Bantam draft, and um, you can go into the pathway in juniors already where you are but really, you know, not able to have time to focus on your schoolwork with a lot of travel for the top players and, um, you know, bypassing the college route in favor of being a young adult um draft uh in in the amateur leagues and and hopefully professional leagues but it's not it's not a very good pathway for your average person hockey enthusiast because the chances of success for all these kids really lie in their educations their best chances of success so i think you're you're foolhardy if you um 
you know, I don't know, unless you've got like a man boy who grows really, really young and, you know, a certain type of player. I think for most of them, the the school route is the way to go. Um, if they love hockey and you can't talk them out of it and you want them to do schoolwork, but they want to play hockey, I think the compromise um, is to, I mean, if you, I'm, you know, all this is coming from just a highly, highly privileged perspective and I, and I get that and I understand and I'm trying to be aware of that. Um, I was very poor growing up, so, you know, um, and, and now, you know, have comfortable resources and very grateful for that. Um, but I haven't forgotten what it was like to be the family in hockey who was, uh, with the oldest gear and, and kind of, uh, yeah, well, we'll talk about that another time, but anyways, um, the CSSHL, um, teams to watch Delta doing so good. Um, there's Seanigan, Seanigan Lake on the Island, or is that a, there's definitely, oh gosh, what's the school on the Island right now? This weekend was just, um, a, uh, Bantam elite showcase on the Island and, Let's see, Yale Hockey Academy was there. St. George's was there. They're doing so well. I really got my eye on those guys. Um, I said Yale, Burnaby Winter Club, and uh, what was the other one? Um, the Edge was there, the Edge School from Calgary. Anyways, um, great hockey. There's um, Canadian Sports School Hockey League uh, schools in uh, Winnipeg, in, um, I want to say, Saskatoon. Um so lots of lots of options for kids in Canadian cities to and Americans and others who want to um you know are prepared to leave home for their hockey love uh lots of options to get a great education and you know that's what we're focused on so I hope you enjoy the research I've shared please by all means ask me any questions or um give me feedback about um, your interest with respect to um, the development of hockey and hockey youth in Seattle. Well, that's it for another short and sweet episode from the Seattle Hockey Mom podcast. I'm keeping it super real and personal, and I think there isn't a more fun and accessible way to relax and learn about pro hockey, women's hockey, minor hockey, and life in Seattle, Washington. Thank you so much for joining me. Bye until next time.